Recording my book is a dream come true for me because I was recovering from COVID and this audiobook almost didn't happen with me as the narrator. You start writing something that starts out as just a blinking cursor on a blank laptop screen, and then all of a sudden it actually becomes real. There are people who seem to care about whether or not you're pronouncing everything properly. Similarly, <laughs> that's not an easy word for me apparently. Never would have known that. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet magazine editor, on-air lifestyle expert, and certified trainer, Megan B. Murphy, Emmy Award-winning television producer, Miguel Sancho, and pastor and blogger, Kurt Willems. Discover what drove each of these authors to share their personal experiences with readers and listeners and why it was important for them to record their audiobooks. Enjoy! Hi, this is Megan B. Murphy, author of Your Fully Charged Life. Your Fully Charged Life is a radically simple approach to having endless energy and filling every day with yay. I had to write this book because I transformed for a little kid nicknamed Grumpy to a person who practically farts rainbows. And I have the tips, tricks, strategies, and tools to help you do the same. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that would be energizing. Recording my book is a dream come true for me because I was recovering from COVID and was about to not make the deadline, and this audiobook almost didn't happen with me as the narrator. So this is the most energizing, exciting, making me burst with gratitude thing ever. (laughs) I mean, like, I almost didn't get to do this. I got to do this. I got to record my own book. I love the scientists in my book, and some of them have really tricky names, like Sonia Libramursky. You are smart and amazing, and I appreciate your research, but your name is hard to say. I am so proud that I made it through the recharge chapter without completely devolving into a puddle of tears. I knew it was going to be hard for me to tell the story of losing my father out loud, but I got got through it. And I think you're going to hear some tears and, and some choked up moments, but I did it. My dream narrator is me. And it's really because it almost didn't happen because I was recovering from COVID. I think it would also be really incredible to have my three kids tag team and maybe even my husband tag team reading the different parts of the book. I think that would be really fun in action. Of course, people probably say Oprah because that would be pretty epic. But I think it would be magic to hear my words from my kids' mouths. My favorite place to listen to an audiobook is on a long car ride road trip with my husband driving the car, me in the passenger seat, the kids in the back seat with their own earmuffs on, and just really getting into a good juicy book with my husband. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. A long time ago, I realized that the times I felt the worst, the most drained, defeated, and down, was when I believed or convinced myself I was stuck. No control over anything, nothing I could do, no action I could take to change how I felt or what was happening. It took me hitting rock bottom and rising again, which I'll talk about later, to see that there is always something you can do. Sometimes it's as simple as deciding to grant yourself grace or to be patient with and accept your feelings or a situation. 
Other times, it's deciding to control your reaction or how you're thinking about all those things you can't control. All the time, it's a simple decision to do something positive. This is Miguel Sancho. I was inspired to write this book basically because of an intense personal tragedy that I didn't see coming and upended the lives of not just myself, but my family and many other families who struggle with this particular problem of a rare disease diagnosis. The book itself started out really just as a series of Facebook posts that I composed while I was in the hospital tending to my son. And enough people replied to my Facebook posts with actually very directed and very sincere guidance that I should try to turn it into a book. So I started just trying to put together something that made sense, but I still remained somewhat ambivalent about whether or not it was a good idea, frankly, to put so much out there that wasn't just personal, but was private, intimate information about other people, including my wife and my kids. I did ultimately feel that I had to write the book. And also I did want to really salute and document an extended thank you note to all the other people who helped us have the positive medical outcome that we did. Narrating the audiobook was a pleasure, largely because of the wonderful team I had making it happen. It is challenging because... I don't write the same exact way that I talk, and I didn't write a play that was meant to be spoken. I wrote a book that has a fair amount of interior thinking and sometimes meandering thoughts and kind of winding Murray Kempton-ish sentences that don't necessarily translate well to being spoken in one breath. So I needed the help. One of the things that was really quite nice was recentering myself in the narrative and reliving it in essence. It's been some time since I experienced the events, and of course it's been some time since I wrote about them. So it's very invigorating and therapeutic and cleansing to actually say the words out loud. I'd never done that. It kind of gives it an objective reality and a life that it didn't have before. You know, you start writing something that starts out as, you know, just a blinking cursor on a blank laptop screen, and then all of a sudden it actually becomes real. There are people who seem to care about whether or not you're pronouncing everything properly and whether or not, you know, it makes sense. And so it's very humbling and exhilarating and certainly nice to be able to do something new when you're 50 years old. As I began to read the book aloud, indeed, there were many words in it that I had difficulty pronouncing. Some of the words are words that I'd actually never heard pronounced, I'd seen in medical literature and had copied, and I understood them, at least I thought I understood them enough as a journalist, but I'd never pronounced them out loud, and some of them are very polysyllabic chemical or medical terms. So those were a challenge. The other thing that I learned is that there are many relatively common words in the English language that I've been mispronouncing my whole life. Off the top of my head, I've been saying docile when it should be pronounced docile. I've been saying mien when it's pronounced mean. I could go on and on. So that was another refreshingly, usefully humbling part of the exercise. There's a couple things I'm excited about with this audiobook, and it has less to do with 
my particular execution of the job of narrating, then it has to do basically with the overall value or advantage that one gets when you have an author reading a book that is intensely personal. The reading aloud of some of the more intense descriptions of intense moments brought me back to those moments. And I think you certainly have an easier way to access the emotional space of the text when you're reading something that you've written. So I would hope that the listener would know that the person who's reading it is the person who wrote it as opposed to another reader who doesn't have that intimate, direct connection to the events that take place. My favorite voice, perhaps of all time, is that of Robert Evans, and his narration of his book, The Kid Stays in the Picture, might be the greatest audiobook ever recorded, in my estimation. But I'd be interested to see how Felicia would read the book, my wife. She's kind of the hero of the book. She's as much the main character as anyone else, and it is very much her experience as much as it was mine. And some of the events that are described, she was there for and I was not. I'm reporting them as a journalist going back and just trying to recreate the situation. So it would be very interesting to see how she would read this book or, frankly, how she would write her own book from her first-person perspective. The last great audiobook I listened to was Americana by Chimenanda Ngozi Adichie. I can hardly recommend it. My wife loved it, too. And I just distinctly remember it really elevating a long car ride I had that took me from Philadelphia to New York while I was stuck in traffic. And like many audio-based media, it was so good and so enrapturing and so engrossing that it's a form of liberation or emancipation from the kind of quotidian drudgery that one might find oneself doing when you're listening to an audiobook or a podcast. I think the entire revolution of audiobooks and podcasts is, uh, in terms of its emancipatory force and liberating force, like the washing machine was for women in the early 20th century. It's one of these things that can truly change your life just by turning what could be otherwise a waste of time and pure tedium into one of the most stimulating intellectual experiences and spiritual experiences of your day. And now, hear Miguel Sancho read a clip from his audiobook, When we look inside ourselves and assess our own psychic sturdiness, the arrogant inclination is to believe we are constructed more like San Simeon than Bam, designed in anticipation of the worst our environment can dish out, made of sterner stuff. We all want to believe we have the ability to rise to the occasion of any crisis and perform nobly when the stakes are high, and the stakes get no higher than the life or death of a child. But what if fortitude is just another genetic trait, like height or IQ, distributed normally on a bell curve. And what if you, like half of the population, are below average? Where will you find the strength to navigate your way through a black swan event, a once-in-a-lifetime disaster, without collapsing into a useless mold of jello, or perhaps managing to make things worse? What happens when God truly gives you more than you can handle? Hi, this is Kurt Willems, author of Echoing Hope, How the Humanity of Jesus Redeems Our Pain. 
I wrote my book because when I look at the humanity of Jesus, I see a template for what kind of person I want to become. So often people think of Jesus as holy and other, which I as a Christian person certainly believe. I believe Jesus is God and those sorts of things. But this other part of Jesus is fully human. And so I became really interested in looking at how does the human Jesus show us a model for stepping into a broken, messed up, painful world like ours? The more I dug into that, the more I realized that there was something here, not just for me, but for other people that are trying to figure out how to live in a world full of suffering, pain, evil, etc. I was inspired to write this book first because of this idea of Jesus's humanity. It just intrigues me. But as I got through the first version of my proposal, I realized that just a book about Jesus being human wasn't enough. So I began to really sit with what's the deep felt experience of me, of regular folks, when we come to Jesus as the prototype human character, you know? And, and what I realized was pain. Jesus endures pain. And that's one thing that unites all human beings, no matter your religion or your ideology, your politics, all of us will feel pain at some point in our lives. And so as I look at Jesus as the kind of human I want to become, I have permission to feel the full weight of my pain and also to find and discover in him the road to redemption, the road to healing, the road to becoming more fully human myself. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook with one word, that word would be energizing. Why? Well, I can imagine a lot of people coming to a task like this and maybe finding it really tiring and exhausting to read an entire book into a microphone. Well, sure, that's honestly part of it. But what was really part of it was being able to give voice to my own book. It was powerful to be able to say, this is the tone that I imagined when I wrote these words on the page. And I hope, and I really mean this, I really hope hope that that comes through for listeners who are stepping into this journey with me through Echoing Hope's audio production. So yeah, it was energizing. I realized I had trouble pronouncing similarly. In fact, I'm thinking about it really carefully as I even rehearse that right now. Similarly. <laughs> That's not an easy word for me, apparently. Never would have known that. Honestly, I'm proud that I was able to bring my full self to this audiobook. One of the things that was really, well, scary, nerve-wracking, whatever word you want to use about writing a book about pain and bringing my own pain into the book was that it's vulnerable. And narrating my own story now verbally was another layer of that vulnerability. But I'm proud of the fact that hopefully folks will hear a real person giving voice to something that is true for them. And that was how I experienced this. And to be honest, I'm excited that listeners will get to hear my inflection, my various quirks. And I'm oddly enough excited that they'll hear the real emotion that came into the recording booth with me as I recalled some very challenging personal things as well. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, 
I would cast someone that you may or may not have heard of, N.T. Wright. N.T. Wright is the biggest New Testament scholar guy in the whole world right now. Not only is he well-known in that field, he's had a huge impact on how I think I even framed a lot of the content of my book. And it doesn't hurt that he has a British accent. So I'd love to hear my book read in a proper British accent. In fact, when I was at home editing my book, one of the things I would do is I basically highlight a big chunk of text and I have this shortcut key all set up that if I hit control S, the computer just starts talking to me. And guess what accent that voice is? It is a British accent. What it does is it helps me hear the content that I've just put out there and helps me to absorb like how it will impact a reader and also catches some editing things that I might not catch on my own. I am an auditory person. So yeah, I think I would really want a voice that connects with me if it wasn't my own voice in this book. The last audiobook that I listened to, well, there's two actually. The first one that I'll mention is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And it's such a brilliant book and it was fun. And again, here we have an author reading his own book. And as he's reading it, what was really cool was to hear his own quirks and pauses and emphases and all of those things. And also it just was a solid, solid book. And it really made a big impact on my life. The other one is The Deeply Formed Life by Rich Viotis, kind of in that similar spiritual formation thread for us Christian folks. And it really is a deep dive into five different values that if we adopt them, we can become more whole, more human, more like Jesus. Hearing Rich narrate his own book as well is just, again, I love the personality of an author in a booth reading their book. It's just something that I think is a gift for those of us who do the audiobook thing. I love listening to audiobooks while I drive. In fact, when I have a long commute, this is possibly the best space for me to grow as a person or to be inspired or to just be entertained by a good audiobook. And oddly enough, I really didn't discover audiobooks until a couple of years ago. I was podcast this, podcast that, and then it dawned on me how many more books a year I could read if I just simply downloaded them to my phone and press play. And this has been really, really life-giving to me. So in my car, it becomes this sort of sanctuary where I listen and I grow and I learn. And it's just awesome. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Joy and pain aren't enemies. They're companions. The highs and lows of life dance together more often than we'd like to admit. When life graces us with contentment, we may feel enticed to ignore hidden layers of struggle. When stress bombards our momentary happiness, it's as though those gifts that energized us are now elusive, like oil through our fingers. Joy and pain, hope and anguish, stability and disruption, these stand shoulder to shoulder in the real world. As a generally optimistic person, it's taken me years to see that my positive outlook was directly shaped by an insecure childhood. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.
For more behind the mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com/nextlisten.